It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. If you ain't going to watch it, what? Then you better set the tone right here. On Pion Media. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. With the trap queen herself. Yeah. You know? <laughs> set the tone, man. We gonna set the tone. Hey, you know what I'm saying? Y'all don't know about Okay, okay. <laughs> Yo, hey, I am excited to have the trap queen herself uh, speak wellness. Miss Tasha Wiggins, excuse me. Tasha Wiggins. You know what I'm saying? It's amazing to have her in the building. Make some noise for Miss Tasha Wiggins, man. Yeah, let's go. <laughs> she ain't know I had the sound effects, man. I did. <laughs> hey, this, this is Set the Tone right here on Pion Media, where our platform is your opportunity. And I am Mr. Watch it. What? Hold on, I gotta. Watch it, watch, 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 watch it, watch your tone. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Watch your tone, man. Watch your tone. And uh, yeah, like I said, we here with the trap queen, Tasha Wiggins. And uh, you. You're doing some amazing things. And before we jump into everything that you're doing, I think it's only right that we set the tone and talk about something that's just been breaking the internet. Oh, my God. You know, you know what I'm about to talk about? The Will and Chris Rock situation. Oh, here we go. What, what, what do you think about that? Before I get by, what do you think about the Will and Chris Rock situation? All right, first thing first, I think we all just got to remember that we're not living on that level and on that platform that when you make a mistake, your mistake is your business, your mama, cousin, maybe a few people know, but not the entire world. So I think sometimes we just got to take that and just kind of grant some grace. Everybody got judgment and comments and da da da. But just remember, think about your biggest mistake, that thing you were so embarrassed about. Let's just keep it 100. When you took him back for the third time, when you got that STI, when he was driving some other chick in your car, when he didn't pay his part of the bill, when you got evicted, like those type of mistakes. Oh, shit. Oh, shit. Okay. Right. <laughs> um, you know, basically, when you just effed up in life, when you made a big mistake, your big mistake wasn't on 4, 6, 12, 58, e, ET. You know, like, so just have a little grace and just know that, like, this is somebody's family member. Uh -huh. This is someone's loved 
you know, somebody is loving this person, you know, that mistake on both sides right. will increase. That's somebody's son, somebody mama, auntie, cousin, and y'all know how some of y'all live. Uh -huh. Let somebody slap your favorite cousin. You uh -huh. say you right, So right. it's just a lot to it. I think we just have to remember that we've all made mistakes and just give people a little grace. Um, that's my first thing. And then the second thing is like, hey, what I saw is two black kings both needed to tend to mental health. Because it's one thing, I mean, we know Will from Will on TV. Uh -huh. We do not know Will. We do not know doors. Will. Yeah, right. Um, so what most of us saw was like, that ain't the Will I know. That's not the Will. First of all, we don't even know him like that. Uh -huh. um, but outside of that, it takes a lot for a man to get up out his chair, walk up to another man and slap him. Right. That, that, that's a lot. That's Definitely somebody lot. that you probably once upon a time called brother. Like, you know, they've they been on Fresh Prince together. They've done comic, whatever, all yeah. different shows yeah. together. Like, so, yeah, for him to work up that nerve and just get up there and slap yeah. Chris Rock. I, you say nerve. Think about it this way. How overwhelmed or how much did he have to have on his back, facts. neck, chest? Facts. For him to rise up out his seat. And I watch people, I listen to words, I look at body language. The way he got up there and the way he walked up there, he walked up there like I'm sick and tired about of About business. I'm about my business. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then on the flip side, how many of us have ever been, something happened and you've been embarrassed to get assaulted? Like, you know, we say slap. You've been assaulted publicly. And you don't defend yourself. Mm. You got all kind of stuff going on up here. People making jokes. Mm. People got memes. So here we go. You got two black kings that both got some work to do. Facts. Facts. And honestly, I, you know, huge props to Chris Rock. Mm -hmm. You know, he, he handled it very maturely. I don't think anybody else in that situation could have handled it. And for, let me just, let me, let me step back a little bit. So from, from what I'm understanding from what you're saying too is that you think Will was justified in in, in a oh, sense a little. No. Nah. We, can't, we can't be ready. You know what? I said in another interview because I was talking about this. I said we can't justify this behavior at Walmart. Okay. Pick and save, the gas station, or the Oscars. We can't just co-sign when somebody make you big, big mad. Right. You can now you can slap them. Right, right. Okay. Because my big, big mad may be this. Your big, yeah, you big right, mad may be right. different. So right. I'm just like, no, I thought we as a society agreed if I get big mad, I can hit folks. Right. So what? Where's it gonna stop? You're right. You You're know right. what I mean? But I do think there's a way because you know you have people coming in with different perspectives. He was protecting black women. This is what protecting black women looks like. And I'm just like, you could have protected your black woman in a different way. Right. You know, you could have handled it in a different way. You could have checked that man if that was your intent a different way. And then you throw in that layer that we all as black people have dealt with or have experiences that you can't show out around white folks. And that's know? what I did not like about that whole situation. It turned to a black white thing. Like, yeah, like you can't take us nowhere. They always acting a fool. First of all, who's they? Right. <laughs> okay, who's they? <laughs> Um, but the reality is, is that we can't condone that type of behavior anywhere, let alone in our black family, in our black Facts. culture. That The Oscars is the Oscars. You know, uh -huh. they going to do what they going to do. But we can't just condone that in our own homes and families because we do. Right. It's like, well, if I get bit bad enough, then we going to fight. Right. Like, okay, right. well, then you can't get mad when your kids go to school and fight because you told them it's okay to fight. They uh -huh. see you fighting. Yep. 
But then when they go to school and they defend themselves or they're fighting, you want to you be all on them and you want to be taking PS5s and Apple phones away, mm-hmm. you know? So it, it's a slippery slope. I'm not saying I ain't never ran hands myself. Right, right. You know? <laughs> um, but you live and you learn. Uh-huh. That's wisdom. Yeah. For me to put my hands on somebody now at this point in my life, I got too much to lose. Yeah. You know, but I didn't I didn't think that way when I was younger. You know what I mm-hmm. mean? We so we owe it to ourselves to evolve. I think I think it's a big learning lesson within that situation for yeah. everybody. And uh and another point that I thought that Jada she could have grabbed Will. I don't know. I was like, I don't know if they had this discussion at home where he was like, if anybody get out of line, I'm going to go smack that mother. <laughs> like, or, or because in 2016, Chris Chris Rock said something disrespectful to Jada, uh, said something disrespectful at the, uh, the Oscars about Jada in the sense of, well, uh, uh, what he say that how she going to boycott the Oscars? That's like saying uh, I'm going to boycott Rihanna's panties. But I was never invited. Like, wait, what? Like, bro. So, so Will was already on edge. Like, hey, if he say if say one thing, I, I'm gonna get up there. She was like, she probably laughed at him. Like, you ain't gonna do that. Like, Will got up cool. Like, okay. Yeah, right. But I think that says a lot too, because you know, I always put the clinical perspective on it. Is that believe people when they tell you what they're gonna do? Right. You know what I mean? If someone, and I take words seriously. If somebody said they're gonna hurt you when they see you, they're gonna pull up. There's gonna be something. <laughs> right. Listen to that because we really don't know what was going on in Will's mind. Yeah. We don't know what has happened behind closed doors. We don't know. He could have just got some other bad news. And I'm not saying that to excuse the behavior. Facts. But what I am saying is that the same way Chris made those jokes, and it's like, well, you know, some people said it wasn't even that insensitive. I'm just like, but you don't know how Jada felt about that. Mm-hmm. I, I'm just looking at it as like as a husband and a wife. If Jada at any point had been crying yeah. about her hair loss, because my mom went through that, and it was hard. I was upset to see my mom lose her hair. Mm-hmm. And, you know, now it's grown back and it's healthy. But I'm just like, if after having seen his wife in perhaps in an emotional place about that, mm-hmm. and to get somewhere, somebody say something, he's like, no, y'all didn't see my wife yep. when she was hurt, and I'm trying to protect her and comfort her. So we just don't know. She probably has so many feelings going to the Oscars, standing on the red carpet, right. grabbing his arm, like, babe, why are they looking at me weird? Right. Like, I, right. yeah, you know what I'm saying? never know. Or that could have not been the case at all, and Will could have just been like, I'm sick and tired of being the brunt of everybody's joke. I'm sick of yep. everybody thinking they could come in my, my family and my wife sideways. We just don't know. Right. But I do know this. You got to watch how you talk to people because you, you don't know how somebody's going to respond. So, a.k.a. treat people with kindness and give people grace. Every, yep. You don't got to go off about everything. Sometimes you could just look at a person and see, like, man, you know, it looks like they're not all the way there. or uh-huh. uh, It looks like they ain't having a rough spot right now. How much is that going to really cost you right. to just grant them grace? Yep. Maybe it makes you upset. Maybe you feel frustrated. But we just don't know how somebody else is feeling, what they're going through. And that's just granting them grace. you just playing good seed. Yep. And you're going to get yep. back. And, and the last thing I want to say on this particular subject is that, like, for me, in the sense of going to a comedy show, like, people say, oh, well, that wasn't warranted for Chris. Chris that was, you know, but... Going to a comedy show, I don't expect the com- the comedian to be roasting me. I don't expect the comedian to be mm-hmm. taking shots at me. Yeah. So if you take a shots at me, like, 
it was warranted. You know, like <laughs> that, that's all I'll be saying. I just feel like if you, hey, I'm not going to comedy show to be the butt of your joke. I'm trying to hear you talk about some other. Shit. You know what I'm saying? Like that's all I'm saying. But every comedy show I've been to, when their set is over, they roast people in the crowd. Okay. So I'm just okay. like, well, I expect that every award show I see them make light of. That's a nice way of saying they crack jokes. Yeah. On people. Yeah. That's in the audience, but you know. Grace. Yeah, grace. Give somebody a little grace because you look at it now, you know, we've all been in that place where you've done something like, man, if I could just undo that, if I could just take that moment back. Think Will don't want to take that moment yeah, back? Yeah, of course. You think Jada probably hasn't played this out differently? Chris Rock is probably all of what have could have, should have. It's just like, man, you don't even really want to exert energy doing that because you, that's not going to yield you anything. It's Facts. like, what can I do now? What I would love to see and what I would love for the narrative to become is that Two black men both did some work and can circle back and talk about what they did to be in a mm. better place. Because we spent a lot of time talking about Will. Mm. Man, y'all better check on Chris. Yeah. And that, that part. You, you, you've been slapped on TV. You, everybody making fun or like, you know, fun of those things. And people, some people say, well, he reaping what he sold. And yeah. I'm just like, well, hey, I ain't into reaping. And so I, ain't, I don't I, do the distribution. I ain't gonna lie to you. Chris, he protected. You know, his ticket sales went from $43 to $200 and something, $50. Like, you I, count I, like, like, but he, hey, he, he counting coins. He probably like, <laughs> that slap, what slap? Like, right. he don't care. Like, I, I, and I would, I would disagree. His coins look good. But you can't put no price on this thing. But this man is so strong that at his first show, because he, he had a tour. His tour just started yeah. recently, right? And at his first show, the crowd was booing Will and saying, F Will, all yeah, of this. Yeah, yeah. Chris was like, you're not going to do that. We're not doing that in my show. Right. He actually kicked him out. Yeah. Like, integrity. I, Black man with <laughs> integrity. I think, I think Chris is, I think he's mentally strong and I give him a lot of props yeah. for the way he handling the situation yeah. and uh, it's unfortunate it had to happen sure. but like you said treat people how you want to be treated and uh, I think it's simple as that so but that but let's get let's get into Tasha man like, <laughs> put us on notice what all what what all are you doing what all yeah. have you now we'll talk about what you've done but what 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 is Tasha Wiggins up to well, you know, can I talk about my brand a little bit, then talk about what I'm doing? Cause yeah, yeah, you want, you got Speak Wellness. Yeah, I got Speak Wellness. And so real quick. I prefer to say you got a few. You got a few. I got a few. You, got a few. you know, I do a little something, something okay, here. Okay, all you right. Let your left hand know what your right hand is. Okay, go ahead. Go crazy then. <laughs> um, but no, real quick though. So I'm the founder of Speak Wellness Behavioral Health Consulting. What the, my mission is is to reduce the stigma around mental illness in a black and brown community. Mm. We we got to come to the tables. We got to stop being strong, praying and fasting your way through some stuff. Don't get it twisted. I love the Lord. Eyes rock with him. But faith without works is dead. We mm. really have to embrace that because we can't just think that, oh, God is just punishing me or, oh, I'm just going to push through it and everybody has a rough time and you are struggling and dying. The dying part. Mm -hmm. And even if you don't die with it, you didn't live life yep. because you've been trapped in depression. You've been living through anxiety and you just change your lifestyle so that you can survive and not live. Those two completely different things. Mm. So um, that's really what my, my, my mission focus on for my business. And out of that, I have three pillars, but you know, y'all keep rocking with me. It's going to be four, five, six in a little bit. <laughs> um, but really, uh, I do corporate education around uh, mental health and I also do behavior consultations. And then my third and my, you know, 
what I love to love to do is I do community education around mental health. Okay. And that's where uh, trap therapy eats, sleeps, and lives. Um, and trap therapy is uh, essentially kind of what it sounds like. I take trap music, urban music, hood music. She going crazy, you know what I'm saying? So I take stuff like that. And I hit you with some psychoeducation around depression, anxiety, bipolar disorder, trauma, healing. Ain't nothing off topic. We want to talk about eating disorders, come to the table. We want to talk about suicidal thoughts, bring it to the room. Let's talk about your uncle that stay at Big Mama house that talks to himself and don't nobody know what's going on but Big Mama. Okay. And when she passes away, everybody's trying to figure out what to do or what the resources are. So I put it on for the city of Milwaukee. Okay. And we talk about mental health okay. and we turn up. Okay. And we have the events in places where people are comfortable, where people are familiar. Mm -hmm. And when you walk in, you don't know if you at the club because you got the chicken line, you got the food, and you got your drinks, and you got the music. Right. And then you got a good vibe. And yep. before you know it, you sitting there needing tissues because we're going to talk about that childhood trauma mm. that you didn't know was trauma, that you now can really leave and realize that that thing that happened or those things that happened really have shaped the adult or the person you are and maybe some ways and things that you want to do to change it. So I like to coin myself as your trap therapist because okay. we talk about things that can be very hard in a very easy and lighthearted way. The trap queen, that's why I told y'all. <laughs> but she's not playing. Uh, let me ask you, do you think or do you think it's hard for, you know, African Americans, our people, to see a therapist? Or, and if so, why? I, absolutely. I think it's hard for us to see that therapist because of stigma, guilt, and shame. Mm. There was a study, um, oh gosh, I can't remember where I read this, but basically it was one out, only one out of three uh, blacks will actually seek mental health treatment. And the reason why the other two didn't is because they didn't want to be seen as weak. Mm. They didn't want to be discriminated against, and they didn't want to be shamed. And I was like, man, you know, when you read those words, you know, in the research arc, I'm like, uh-huh. I said, but when I hear those words, I think of death. Mm. I hear disrespected. I hear being seen as less than. What black person do you know of, even in 2022, wants to put those labels and those things on them so that they can be further handled in a way that they, they aren't warranted in? Right. So I think it's those things that stop us. Now, do we have resources are we capable? Are there providers available? Absolutely. But we have to do the work and we have to normalize talking about our mental health. Just like we talk about going to the dentist right. or going to see the, the person and get your toe, your nails trimmed for that diabetes. We right. just got to make it normal because the true definition of insanity is doing the same thing every day, expecting a different result. Okay. You keep living that same way, thinking those same thoughts, doing those same things, and think your depression, your anxiety, whatever's going on with you, or how about just those negative thoughts? Those things are just magically going to go away from uh -huh. you. They don't. Right. And that's why you need to see specialists. Honestly, I would say a, a, a reason, too, like, you know, definitely for me, because I feel like, you know, I've been through a lot of my life where, yeah. you know, I could definitely see a specialist, right? Mm -hmm. it's, it's something that I, you know, I did go and type in a computer, you know, find a therapist and there, all of that. I feel like it's hard. Yeah. I feel like it's hard to find a therapist. Mm -hmm. I, and I think that's part of the battle. Absolutely. I think that but, that process can be challenging because we're not 
a customer, we're not quite sure what to search or what to do. But you know, after our little podcast today, I'm gonna hit y'all with them resources. Okay, um, they're gonna be on the screen. Don't even trip. I got a whole video on like how to find a therapist, and I'm talking about if you got no income, you got state insurance, you got commercial insurance, you just looking to tap in with a support group. There's something out there, but you gotta start with that Google. Now I keep stuff real straightforward. I tell people, and this is particularly for women, but men can relate too. Think about or approach getting a therapist like you shop for shoes. Mm. You know what size you wear, but you still go in there, you try them on, you walk around in them, you thinking about it with the outfit, with right, the nails, right, right. how you gonna get your nails and lashes and your color, what lipstick, you you done all that to pick out the, the shoe. The shoe, yeah, yeah. You will go to 10 stores in one day looking for the right shoe. We gotta take that same energy when we're looking for that therapist because they're there, but do I feel comfortable? Right. Do am I able to relate? Do I is it in a place or a location that's easy for me to get to? And especially since the pandemic, I like to call it the panorama. Because okay. it gives me a little <laughs> chuckle sometimes. Right. But in the height of the pandemic, you now can see your therapist on your smartphone, your mm. Apple, your Android. You ain't even really like low key gotta leave the house. You you could be right there on the couch. Please wash your face and brush your teeth. It'll just help you feel good. Um, even though you're not going to see this person in per- face to face like that. Um, but yeah, so the resources are there. But yeah. I do think it requires that, like, it's a skill that we have to, to sharpen up on. Yeah. And now, do you think going to see a therapist is like, this podcast is therapeutic to me. You know what I'm saying? I use I use my podcast as therapy in the sense of being able to talk to people, being able to express myself, being able to feel, mm-hmm. you know, all type of emotions, right? Now, could this be my form of therapy or do you think being going to see a therapist is still as value or more valuable than just that's a great question. So I think it's twofold. One is that sometimes maybe we don't need therapy for different things that's going on in your life. So mm. that would fall in the category of wellness. I'm gonna do things that make me feel good, put me in a place mentally, emotionally, where I am feeling recharged, where I have, I'm naturally shooting that serotonin dopamine in my body. Mm-hmm. So that would, I think that would fall under wellness, like exercise, yeah, uh, any okay. other hobby, okay. uh, hobbies or activities you like. But there are some times where you do need to tap in with that specialist when you are dealing with maybe some things that's a bit more complex, like maybe trauma, or you're dealing with a bout of depression. Because I got a whole bag. <laughs> like, it's like it's a few of them, actually, as I'm looking back. They there, you know. <laughs> but I think that that's a really good point, too. And I'm going to bring it back to the, the shoe analogy. You know how there's some stores you go to, and you just like, yeah, you know your size, you can just get it. And uh-huh. then there's times where you go to other places where, it's an experience where the person sits you down. Okay. And it's like, no, I wear a tent. No, 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 no. At this store, we measure you. Okay. At this store, we get, and, and I make recommendations for you. That's when it's called the specialist in a specialty experience. Okay. You know, it ain't like you just went down the street and you just walked up in there and you take it off the, you know, they got the boxes lined up on the floor and you just pull out your size. So I feel like sometimes... We may, you may need to tap into that specialist because they have a, a skill set that they're going to tap into and they're going to make sure that you have access to. Mm. So it depends. But I just tell people at the end of the day, when in doubt, 
always reach out. Yeah. You you know, and we have to also understand too that working with a therapist or a psychologist or a psychiatrist may not be lifelong. Yeah. You may work with somebody for a few months or maybe even a few years and be like, you know what, I think I'm good. I'm in a good place right now. And, um, and, and that'd be it. And I'm going to say, let's talk about that. How long should you see a therapist? Like, is it when you know you're done seeing a therapist? or do? Because some people go one time, and they're like, all right, yeah, I'm good. Yeah, I, I felt that. I felt that. Yeah. Like. <laughs> well, some, it depends on what your, your need is. Now, some individuals do go to therapy where they'll employ, like, grief intervention counseling or, like, a grief crisis uh, counseling or something like that mm-hmm. where it may only be two or three sessions so again it depends on what your need is now let's just be realistic if you got a long laundry list of stuff mm-hmm. or maybe you got like a lot of trauma or you've been in a depressive state for a long time or maybe you have ebbs and flow with your mood which would mean maybe you have some form of bipolar disorder or maybe seasonal affective disorder or something like that right you probably aren't going to work with a provider for two or three months because Mm. let's be real in order for me to really get to know you and trust you and really start talking to you i gotta spend some time with you a little Mm -hmm. bit the -hmm. first session is just me kind of getting to know you as a clinician i'm going to engage with you i'm going to complete an assessment i'm going to peel back layers and try to get to understand where your needs are the follow-up session we start developing that treatment plan and in a world as a clinician your treatment plan continues to change because you can make it some of your with the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details early it may take you longer so it just appears on what you need and what you're working on and and you say appeal back layers and then you said that and i'm like man but that's like you know when i'm thinking about it a lot of traumatic experience that people go through like i'm gonna speak on myself traumatic experiences that i've been through mm-hmm. i don't want to relive those moments you know what i'm saying like i don't want to talk about that if i feel like i'm in a good space why do i have to talk about that in right. order to realize you know yeah well where i'm at that's a really good point so this is what happens if you're in a good point then that's not going to come up that's not going to be an issue a lot of times but then let me hit you with this come on collision issues out there i got us watch this this. sometimes you think you're in a good place but you don't realize the things that's your foundation has cracks or weeks in it you know it has some pieces where it's, it's like no 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 i'm good i'm good i'm good And then as we get to know each other, as I continue to work with you, I may see habits or I may see fundamental ways of thinking, a.k.a. we call them cognitions or distorted cognitions, uh, about things where it's just like you've created this false reality or you've created a a mindset or a thinking pattern that you have conditioned yourself to believe, Mm -hmm. and that thought process is rooted in your trauma. Mm. Talk to me. Or maybe you experienced (laughs) something that... And, and in one of my trap therapy sessions, we talked about trauma transference. We're going to do a whole little, let the cat out the bag, I'm going to do a little ladies trap, ladies only trap therapy. And we're going to talk about it. it's not love, that's a trauma bond. Where you think or you've been through things with someone else, or this is how you know you real slick with it. Mm-hmm. Where my trauma becomes your trauma, and I wasn't even trying to put it on you. 
That happens a lot of times yeah. when you've been raised in environments where other people have been hurt. They have developed mindsets, aka thought patterns. We just say, "Oh, that's just how I am." Uh-huh. You know, this is just how I do. And it's like, okay, well, you know, in the clinical sense, it's kind of this. Um, but sometimes we do those things, and that this is the thing about trauma. And I like talking about trauma because it it can be this thing that really knocks you off your feet, but it also can be the thing that really propels you. Right. When when you experience something that like fight or flight or pause uh, process that goes on, your hypervigilance, that innate thing in you that helps you like, wait a minute, you start like, what, what, what was going on? That's the thing that keeps you safe. And sometimes that's the thing that keeps you living for years and years and years down the line because you have changed your thought process. It has uh, changed behaviors in you. And it's all out of a sense for you to keep living. Mm, okay. So, but it's, so it's a lot. It's, trauma. It's a lot. It could either knock you off your feet or it could propel you. Hashtag set the tone. Stop playing with me, okay? Okay. <laughs> Where it may cause you. you, it literally can lock you in. And one of the indicators for that is if you've ever encountered a person that no matter what's going on, they still talking about the same stuff. They still living in that same mindset. It's 20 years later and they're still speaking that language as mm-hmm. if the trauma or the situation is still happening. Hmm. You literally are froze. Mm-hmm. When I work with adults on like an inpatient unit, you'll see where people have their, their cognition, and we call it like your trauma age, where a lot of times when things have happened to you, and when we say trauma, we're not necessarily just speaking to like a car accident, uh, right. maybe some form of sexual, emotional abuse. But let's be real. You just don't usually get one of them things. Right. You got like three, four, five of them. Then something else just like, whoa, then this happened to my family, and then so-and-so was murdered. So it's like you got all these layers. But oftentimes you'll see that when individuals have endured like significant trauma, you'll see their social-emotional level development like halt right there. That uh, executive functioning in their brain may not fully develop. And that's one of the big concerns in our youth is that they're experiencing all this trauma. Now they're vaping and doing all this marijuana consumption. Yeah. And it's just like, look, bro, cuz, fam, first of all, your brain, bro, your uh-huh. brain. Right, you right. can't put a sentence together because of the c- consumption of the substances in addition to the trauma. Yeah, yeah. Substance, the substance that, that can impact you on so many different levels. Yep. But, um, and before we continue to talk about the traumatic experience and stuff like that, I actually want to know, how did you get to this space? Like, because you are so grounded yourself, and, and, and maybe this is just from the outside looking in, but you a black, beautiful, strong queen, and you seem to be doing everything, conquering the world. How did you get to this space? Well, man, well, see, what had happened was... Like, <laughs> what had happened was, <laughs> No, so I studied at the University of Wisconsin-Madison. I have a uh, bachelor's degree in rehab psych, a master's in social work, and then a, cert- a certificate in alcohol and drug counseling. I am blessed beyond measure. I have worked in a variety of mental health uh, facilities, every level of care. So I've been an inpatient acute psychiatric social worker. I've worked with individuals in like partial hospitalization, intensive outpatient treatment, and then one-on-one. I also was a lady at one time that came pulled up on you at six o'clock for okay. safety checks for your kids. <laughs> like, uh, ding down, do, 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 do. Hey, hey, hey yeah. it's cold out here. You better come on, let me in. Make sure these kids safe. Um, so I've had a lot of experiences. And I think each one, and this is this is just true, 
God puts you in places and you go through different things because of your purpose and where it needs to take you. So I've done all of these different things to get to a place where it's like, I can speak on that. I can talk about this. Mm -hmm. I've been there with that. I know what it looks like when you got a mother that you're trying to explain, like, why is my son having a psychiatric crisis? He consumed some drugs that was laced with something and he's activated a portion of his brain and we, we're not sure if that's going to turn off. Mm. He's hallucinating. He's never experienced things like that. Or when you have to put someone in restraints because they're harming themselves. Or you have to uh, support a family with filing paperwork to become a guardian because the individual is ill. And then it's like when you take it to the school level, and it's like, well, how do I engage your parents so I can engage the right. youth? So it's just like, well, I've done that. I've done that. I've done this. I've done that. But to really answer your question, in the height of the pandemic, I have three great young princes at home. I got a great husband, too, um, where I was sitting on my porch on the verge of tears trying to figure out how I was going to effectively be a leader at my corporate job, virtually homeschool my three children, and make sure that I was okay mentally. Mm -hmm. And I'm sitting here like, man, with all the stuff I know, I'm supposed to be good. Right. And it hit me, if I ain't good, I know my cousins ain't right. Because we ain't talking about it. And Speak Wellness was birthed out of that. That's amazing. And, and, you, and you're doing amazing things and you continue to do amazing things. Uh, I think you just brought up another valid piece, too, that I think it impacts all of us. Definitely the African-American culture in the sense of your three boys, right? They have their father and their mother. That's amazing. And I think that's a big part in the success of our youth, like to have both parents be a parent. I Take that. Let, let me step back one more second. I think a, being a parent is a verb. The word parent is a verb. It's not, you don't just get to be a parent because you was able to donate something that you see. Right, right. <laughs> but like, you know, I think that's, you know, big as far as the, um, you know, the success of our, our youth. So could you speak on that a little bit? Absolutely. So first thing first, like I, you know, I, I'll even be super transparent. There's a, a time in my life where I didn't want to have children. Because I grew up in poverty, and I saw children, in my mind, equated to poverty. I was just like, who's signing up to have all these kids to be by yourself? Like, I'm going places. I'm doing things. Um, and then I met my husband, and that mindset shifted. And, it, you know, now as a parent, looking at things from so many different lenses, like you want to be a protector. You also want to teach them. You're trying to help them understand racial lines, um, how to protect themselves how to be vocal yet respectful. Mm -hmm. And I think that's one thing that we do a lot of work on. It's not what you said, it's how you said it mm -hmm. and when you said it. To, to have voices, because I remember being very animated and I'm, I'm the baby of six. So I was just like, ta 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 yeah. <laughs> um, I always had a little jokey joke, you know, just my personality. And thinking about there were times where life was just too hard for my personality mm -hmm. or for my like, I got something I want to say. It's like, you know, and no, no shade against my mom. She made it happen. Like, right, right. Be good, mom. yeah. Um, but and a lot of moms do. A lot of yeah. single fathers do as well. Like, yeah, yeah. Like, you know, doing the best you can with what you got and realizing that you're not gonna get everything right. Um, but I mean, I could talk on that for days. But it really boils down to for for me, 
um, for my family, my husband included, that it's God, it's my husband that's leading us, it's us as a, a unit mm-hmm. coming together saying like, okay, this is what's important, this is how we want to do it, agreeing on that and executing who's going to be responsible for what, and then an amazing village of people around us, mm-hmm. my brothers, my sisters, um, their aunts and uncles and, and just cousins, like, you know, I can't do any of this stuff. Like, people say, oh, you're doing so much. I'm just like, girl, my mama picking my kids up today. Um, my husband, he's coming, he's leaving work a little early so he can get them there. Then I'm going to do this. And then my uh, nephew is going to yeah. do that. Like, so it, it truly is like our village and our support system. I encourage people all the time, tap into and develop your strong support system mm-hmm. because you can't do it by yourself. And one thing I did see as a child growing up is that those single moms or even some of those single dads, they were looking out for each other. Mm-hmm. They were helping each other like, hey, I got to work late. You know, just keep an eye on my kids. And it's like, no, I'm not going to keep an eye on them. Send them over here because I don't want them to be in the house by themselves. Right. You know? And I, I feel like so there were so many things that I learned and got to experience. But I've always been big just in life in general is that I want to learn from other people. Right. I want to observe and I want to take those things in. So. Yeah, it's a lot to be said. It, it is, it is. It, you know, uh, so I actually work in a school as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and working in a school, I have a lot of conversations with the youth. Uh, most recently, we had a conversation in a sense of um, Mexicans, they're family-oriented. They they do everything together for a long period of time. Black folks, we don't do that. Why we don't do that? Why we, you know, an example was like, you know, a Mexican family or a Hispanic family um, mm-hmm. will... They, they will bring the whole family, aunts, uncles, everybody live under one roof. Uh, black folks, this is coming from the, the yeah, youth, yeah, yeah. Uh, that the only reason our uncle gonna stay is because that was his last option. Like, he ain't, <laughs> <laughs> he, he ain't had no other place to stay. Like, situation. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, why do you think we as a culture, or do you believe, you know, their perspective is what we go through as a culture. That's really interesting because I had a different experience when I was younger. Okay. Um, like not necessarily um, multi uh, generations living together, but that unity and that getting together and that oneness and that you look out for each other. That was very much fostered in my childhood and like seeing my mom and her siblings. Um, so I feel like I had the opposite experience. But I think if we just take like two big steps back and just look at culturally and historically they wanted to divide us right they wanted us right. to be jealous of each other like i'm light-skinned black you dark skin right black. right you right yeah here. you know like they wanted because when you divide you can conquer you get all these people together and we was like man i don't care what kind of shade of black you are i don't care about your success I, you know like i'm not competing mm-hmm. with you me being a part of your success and watching your success makes me want to elevate but even with us knowing that, why can't we do that together? Like, we know what is said against us. We know the obstacles that lie ahead, but we like... Pride. I think there, I think it's a variety of issues. It's, I think one of them is pride. I also think is that there's this notion where we really have to unroot that mindset mm-hmm. of it's all about me. It's about what I can do and how I'm going to make it and I'm not responsible for you. I think it's a lot of like unpacking and, and detaching ourselves from that thought process because I've seen those those families or and I've been a part of some of those like systems where I'm just like, I take it in. I'm like, man, this is dope. Like, y'all mm-hmm. get out of like this. Right, 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 right. Um, 
But you know, that requires for you to also forgive people and to be willing to self-sacrifice for someone else. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, so that requires a lot. Like we, I think we as a society now, we are very much ingrained with me first. And, and it is a difference from I'm going to take care of myself versus um, me and nobody else. Like right. this, like like I'm not responsible for you. I don't have to care about you. I think we've kind of shifted into some thinking like that, and and that is what helps keeps us separate. Right, helps me not really be concerned about you. Yeah, man. Hey, <laughs> I'm trying to tell y'all we going crazy over here right now. Uh, <laughs> Sasha's dropping gems, straight gems <laughs> on us right now, and uh. So I did, like I said, I want to go back into the drug piece in the sense of uh, you know the influence of drugs as far as mental health, as far as our community, right? Yeah. Uh, living in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, like the youth are going through a lot. Oh, yeah. They're going through a lot right now. And, um, you know, uh, drugs kind of play a huge part in that. Mm-hmm. Um, but what, at what level do it play a part in that? I guess I'm kind of asking you, like, what? I, like, that's just such a hard question to answer. And I think it, I think in some instances, it's like at the foundation, is it, it, because some of, some of our youth were born dependent right. or exposed to different substances. So it's just like, you know, you were conceived. Even when we go back and we throw that trauma piece in here, they're, they're saying that you can experience trauma in utero. So while you were... You can be, say it again? In, while you're in utero. Basically, while you was in your mom's womb. Okay. And she was going through DV or homelessness or... Health and yeah. um, you know, just all yeah, like yeah, she, yeah. she going to the doctor, and the people like, yeah, you know, you are right. You just exaggerating on your pain. It's right, like, no, right. For real, like my skin ain't thicker because I'm black. Like, no, my pain is my pain. You know, things like that. So they, there, there's research that proves that you can experience those traumas then. And then let's see, what if mama's using substances to cope or to deal with things? So right. Boom, boom, boom. You know, you got. So in some instances, instances when we talk about. You know, how does substance use factor in? You have some people that that's their circumstance and their how it's brought up. You also have substance use being a factor. Maybe you're not consuming a substance, but the substance use or the selling or the involvement of those substances has caused you so many changes or traumas in your life because people were taken from you with incarceration. Mm-hmm. People that you love and care about all of a sudden just wasn't there anymore because they were murdered or they were, you know, they did some things and they had to abruptly leave for their protection or out of protection for the people that care about. Mm-hmm. So I think it's very much interwoven and it's compli- complicated because we don't know really where it started and where it stopped. Right. But I think we're doing a lot of work and emphasis, rightfully so, on trying to engage the youth and making sure that they're informed about mm-hmm. the things that they're doing. Because let's not forget, now I ain't trying to get in trouble on stuff, but remember when those vape pens first came mm-hmm. out? Yep. Remember they were safer than cigarettes? Yeah. Yeah. yeah not, this is cleaner. This is healthier. Nah. Yeah. yeah. Now, you know, run it up. Now it's like, you know, five, ten years out, and we just like, maybe even longer than that, it's like, hey, you know, that... One pull from a vape is equivalent to a whole pack of cigarettes. Yeah. But I thought this was safer. I thought this was healthier. You know, so we, we just have to really be mindful of those things. And, you know, I also want to include in here, too, as we talk about substance use, and we typically think about, you know, marijuana, maybe nicotine, alcohol, uh-huh. cocaine, crack, meth, molly, per. You know, we, we, we don't get me going because the kids be keeping me. <laughs> I know what they call. Um, but we also should include sex 
in that equation. We should also include food addiction in that equation because I've worked with a lot of youth as well where they didn't engage in substance use, but they were eating large quantities of food because that's what made them feel safe and loved. Yeah, yeah. Speak Wellness. Could you let me know what's all going on with Speak Wellness right now? Sure, sure, sure. So I'm super excited. I don't know if y'all know, but Senator Lena Taylor came to Last Trap Therapy. Hey, that's amazing. <laughs> Round of applause for Senator Lena Taylor, man. Yeah, yeah. There we go. There we go. Love the light. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. She, she, she's about that, the work and the word. Yeah. For sure. You know, um, I'm not real big on politics and things like that, but you know, I, I feel like my encounter with her was she did what she said she was and okay. she followed through. And she, at that point, invited me to a meeting, to um, a follow-up meeting about addressing mental health in our community. Um, so I am in the process of trying to work with other organizations to do just that. So we're looking at um, trying to be a part of solutions in every entity, you know, Milwaukee Park and Reg, MPS. I um, work with other schools in the district as well, just about mental health education. Um, I got some real good friends over at the Office of Violence Prevention where um, we're just in the same space. And I'm real mm. big on there is no competition because they be. <laughs> me being me. Okay? For real. Um, but, you know, there's a need in this city. There's a need in this world. Yep. Um, I'm also, you know, rocking it up with the National Association for uh, Social Workers uh, just submitted um, to uh, present at the upcoming conference in the fall about trap therapy and what I'm doing. So um, the, the, the the wheel's about to, about to leave ground. I'm about okay, to get out here and do everything. Yeah. Um, excited to be uh, jumping on with some universities in the area too that's what's up. Um, to just keep the conversation going. So in short, you know, if we're rolling and we're talking about life, we're talking about mental health, I'll pull up yeah. um, because it, it, no one's too young to be a part of the conversation and nobody's too old. So shout out to anybody out there working with our elders, working in that arena. Hey, they got needs too. Mm-hmm. We can take this urban music and we can put that Al Green on. Okay. We can hit those temptations <laughs> and we can talk about how back in the day you had that my girl and she became somebody else's yeah. girl. And you be thinking about that sometimes. Yeah. You know? Um, because everybody mental health and emotional wellness has value and um, when I say I hit it different we are gonna do it different it's gonna be fun but it's gonna hit the right spot I like how innovative you are about this though you trying to really appeal to the people you trying to you know meet them where they at you know what I'm saying so that's dope that's definitely amazing uh, Tasha, you're doing some amazing things, like I said before. And I don't want I don't want you to drop all your gems just right, you know what I'm saying? Uh, but you definitely set the tone. And before you get up out of here, could you give us, you know, some words of wisdom? Uh, final note, set the tone one more time okay, for me real quick. Okay, let's set the tone with this one right here. Uh, oh, I, I want to do two things, but I'm going to do this one. I'm going to do this one. Mental illness is closer than you think. A lot of times we talk about our mental health, we'll we'll have great conversations like this and you'll be like, yeah, but that ain't me though. Mm. It may not be you, but it's your bestie and you don't even know it. Maybe it's your your favorite cousin, your aunt that's struggling with something that they just haven't talked about. Mm. So I always want to encourage people to know that this thing is closer than you think. That loved one, that person that's your A1 in your life, that place, that organization, that's something that you're connected to. I guarantee you, someone or something you're connected to in your life, this is a concern for them. And you being a part of the conversation, you engaging and tapping in and showing your support for this Mm -hmm. will help them feel better. Once you've gone, 
you go. Right. So we do a lot of work and talk about suicide and suicide prevention because when you up out of here, that's it. I can't bring you back. I ain't got that kind of power. Right. <laughs> you know? <laughs> um, but, the, but the thing is, is that we got to be okay talking about that stuff so you don't get to that place. Mm-hmm. Hey, y'all. Hashtag set the tone. Hashtag set the tone, man. <laughs> I appreciate you so much. Before you go, could you drop your social media? Let oh, people know yeah. how could they find you? How could they reach you? How could they support? Absolutely. I like the last you know what I'm saying? support, okay? Um, no, but you can reach out and connect with me on Facebook and at Instagram. Speak Wellness, all one word. Speak Wellness. And then you can slide on over to the website if you just need a little bit more. Um, that's www dot speak wellness b h that's b as in behavioral h as in health dot com um, and then last but not least you want to support reach out to me I am not a nonprofit but right now all of my efforts and things I've been doing have been self funded so y'all know somebody that knows somebody that just got some coins and they just want to donate I'm that person. Holla at I'm her. That girl. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> hey, hey, if y'all need some more information on Pion Media, uh, go to pionmedia.com, okay? And uh, yeah, hey, my, my cash app up there too, okay? You know I mean? <laughs> Throw me some coins too. I'm paying for all of this. <laughs> hey, but y'all just been put on notice, man. Tasha Wiggins, Melvin in the back. Shout out to Melvin, man. <laughs> but y'all stay blessed, man. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.